Hello, everybody. Welcome to Weekly Trash, the safe place to cleanse your mind, body, and soul of all that trash you consume this week so you can consume some more tomorrow. I'm your host, Josie Van Dyke, and I am sitting next to somebody who has been featured in USA Today, Lifestyle Magazine, NY Post, and the Forbes Magazine, Dr. Jerry Chittister, everybody. Yo, what's up, Josie? How's it going? Welcome. Thanks Welcome for having me. Welcome to Weekly me. Trash. I Thank feel you. honored that you're here. Well, and should I just strip down now and we just do the yeah, consultation we right can, now? I brought or, my measuring tape, so we're like, good. I know this is why you invited me. That really is. I'm trying to like get up on that wait list, you know? Like, <laughs> do whatever There it takes. is a wait list for the wait list. You are kind of a big deal in Utah. You're a big deal everywhere. I mean, people fly out just to have you touch their body and fix it and reconstruct it and all the things. But I want to know who Jerry Chittister is before he became Dr. Chitty. So we need to do a dumpster deep dive into who you are. Let's do it. Today's dumpster deep dive is brought to you by Jay-Z Styles Co. Jay-Z Styles Co. is a full-service salon and extension company based in Utah County. Their goal is to help everyone feel confident, beautiful, and radiant. And what better way to do that than with bomb hair? Jay-Z Styles offers 30 different shades of hair extensions, multiple methods so you can find the right fit for your hair, and is proud to offer top quality that will last. They also launched a hair care line this year, starting with a daily moisturizing shampoo and conditioner and the prenup shampoo and sugar daddy conditioner, which I have been using and it smells so good. And just side note, I have very curly hair and I'm very particular with what I use and I have been loving it and I've been using it for almost two months. So I highly recommend. And they also most recently came out with the Rose Hair Shine Serum to keep your extensions and natural hair soft and shiny, which if you have extensions, you know you want to make them last as long as possible. So I have been using the Rose Hair Shine daily and it also smells so good. Anyone who calls Jay-Z Style Salon and books an appointment mentioning Weekly Trash will receive 10% off their service. I cannot wait to see you guys rock that Jay-Z hair. Dr. Jerry Chittister, Mr. Chitty, where are you from? That's a very loaded question. So I will, okay, I'll, I'll give you like the synopsis. Oh, we got all day. Okay. Well, I have all so, day. So um, I'm actually half Thai, half okay. white. So my dad's Caucasian. My mom's from Thailand, not Taiwan. People mistake that. So okay. it you know, okay. speaks Thailand. Thai, Thailand. Um, they met in Chicago. My dad was in dental school at Northwestern. Okay. And they met at church, actually. Uh, my dad went on a mission to Thailand when he was younger. So he actually spoke Thai, speaks Thai. The LDS church, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. Yep. And um, so they met at church, and that's where I was born in Chicago. So I was born in Chicago. My dad finished dental school, and then they moved back here to Utah. So my dad's originally from Utah. And he opened a dental practice here. And then I have, I'm the oldest of four kids, so okay. I have three younger sisters. And we lived here, you know, I was maybe like five or six. And then my dad decided to take a job in Saudi Arabia. So I actually grew up oh, wow. overseas. Yeah, in Saudi Arabia. I spent almost my whole childhood there that I remember. Yeah. Um, came back here. I was, I think I was around a teenager. Like we actually came back in fifth grade and then I went back. So I, I kind of say I came back here when I was in And middle, he was doing school. dental work back there? Yeah. For the royal family. So we lived in this like hospital compound and we lived, like I went to school there. It was like an American school, but yeah. like my friends were from like all over the world. Wow. So early on, like for me, I was just surrounded by medicine. Like all my friends' dads were doctors, like yeah. cardiologists, neurosurgeons, you know, and so I was just like inundated with that. And I was there during the Gulf War. And so I saw a lot of like war vets that were there. I saw a lot of the American soldiers that went to help. And so that was just, you know, they're injured and stuff. And yeah. so I just saw a lot of that. And it really just like, I think it was set like for my heart, like what I wanted to do. And I didn't know it at the time. Totally. Um, and then I moved back here to Utah, like I said, junior high. 
um, to South Jordan. So I went to Bingham High. That's where I met my wife, Mindy. Bingham. Yeah. So we oh, dated. Oh, so you guys like high school sweethearts. Yeah, well, Mindy's that, here. Yeah. For those who don't know, Mindy's, Mindy's hanging out. She's yeah. our emotional support. <laughs> she is. Um, yeah, so we met in high school. And it's controversial whether or not we're high school sweethearts. Because in my mind, like, we didn't date our senior year. We okay. were all junior year, like, could not separate us. Like today, you can't separate us. Yeah. But like What'd during you do? that senior year, yeah. What What's, did you do? No, I didn't was, do anything. Was it your well, fault? Yeah, was I was like, fault? hey, like it's senior year. Let's I like. I want to live it up. Yeah, kind of. And then she, oh, but she lived it up too. So, you know, <laughs> okay, it's you like mutual. <laughs> um, so, and then we got back together after high okay. school. So okay. that's where I'm like, yeah, like technically we probably are, but I don't think we actually are. So did but you serve fine. a mission after high school? Yeah. So then I went on a two-year mission to Thailand. I was actually served, called to serve in Thailand. Amazing. So when I went there, that's really what for me solidified like, okay, I want to do something in medicine. Because I thought about, I'm like, I like to draw, I love, I love architecture, yeah. you know, like measurements and yeah. all just that stuff. But when I went on my mission, I was like, man, I really think I want to serve people and help people in some way. And for so that's sure. why I kind of focused on medicine when I got home from my mission. Um, and I went to the University of Utah for undergrad. We got married, right? Probably almost a year after I got home. Um, and then I went to medical school at the U. So we were there for like eight years. Okay. We had our first two kids in med school. So we moved to California for plastics training. That was in like 2011. What part of California? Uh, Loma Linda. So Southern California. Okay. Just east of LA. And then we were in LA for a year. So I thought I wanted to be a hand surgeon. I did plastic surgery, loved it. Um, but part of our training is hand surgery. And I thought I wanted to specialize even more. So I went and did gotcha. orthopedic hand surgery training at USC in LA. And so we were looking for jobs there. We wanted to, we loved California, you know. Um, but my mom, she's here. She has a you know a restaurant here, and it's, you know all my siblings kind of moved away yeah. except for one. And she's like, "Hey, you need to come back and look in Utah. At least look for my sake, you know." Like, yeah, you want to be close. Yeah. So we, I'm like, fine. So we <laughs> we looked like, at okay. a couple places, and then one just really stood out to us. And the more we thought about it, we thought about being close to family. And at that time, we were in the middle of foster adopting our youngest. Yes. And he's from Utah originally, and we had taking him to California. So just mainly for family reasons, we came back here. And uh, yeah, we didn't know anyone in the medical, like I didn't know anybody in plastic surgery here. I didn't know anyone just like joined a practice. Yeah. So I kind of want to go back to your son. Yeah. Because I feel like you shared on social media, but we, I don't, I want to know the full story because you adopted your youngest son. Mm -hmm. And were you guys foster parents during your time in medical school, medical school with like multiple kids or was he your first? Um, He's actually our first. So it was in residence. So medical school, we had our two kids. Like we, we struggled to get pregnant with our, our first son. Yeah. Um, he's 14 now. Um, and then our daughter came out of nowhere. And then for six years, we couldn't get pregnant in California. So we looked into like IVF and things, but we couldn't yeah. afford it. You know, as residents, I was barely, I was not even making teacher's salary, you know, which is sad um, for everyone. But um, yeah, yeah we hard. definitely couldn't afford that. So we looked into foster care in California because they have a pretty good system there. So we were resource parents in California. And we, um, yeah, he was our first um, foster child. And then we, and there is some kind of like family connection in the background, which is cool. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So on Mindy's side. So did you guys it, know that beforehand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. It just kind of worked out how that all came together. That whole thing was was wild. But it, and it's very emotional. You know, foster it is. care and, you know, like I so said, they come into your home and they may not stay there. The whole point is to reunify them with exactly. family. And so we, we knew that going into it, but um, we're just grateful how it worked out. Yeah. When did you know you'd be able to adopt him? Uh, this would have been right before we moved back here. So uh, we met him when he was like a few months old. Okay. And we started looking at the whole foster and adoption thing. And it, was, it took almost over a year. We had to go through court things and all this legal stuff. And we didn't think it was oh, yeah, going to happen. A, there's a, there's yeah. a ton. 
So it was almost, I was mostly halfway through our um, fellowship year. And then that's when we found out. And you guys were probably so excited. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, for me, it was very scary. Like I have no idea about adoption, fostering, you know, you hear a lot of things, like a lot of stigma, just like plastic surgery yeah. things. But as we, I learned more about the foster care system and being a resource parent and then adoption, like it really opened my eyes and the whole experience I would do over again. Like it was, uh, it was just as special when he became part of our family as our other two kids. I love that. So. Cause he was how old when you guys officially he adopted him? Barely over one. Like yeah. I wasn't even two yet. So he's pretty young. Yeah. So, and he, so he doesn't know any different either. Yeah. You like you're. You were meant to be his his uh, mom and dad. That's amazing. And we talk. We're very open. Mindy's really good about being open with him yeah. and trying to explain it. You know, he's he's six. He's almost seven now. Yeah. And he's starting to ask. And so you know, we definitely are open about that. And it's an open uh, adoption and things. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. So when you were done with school, done with your residency, you come to Utah. Was Mindy always super supportive of like your career passions? Because it is a lot financially. And I mean, you're gone crazy hours. You're so busy. Mindy's like a single mom, basically. <laughs> yeah. Was was that always like, was she always supportive of that and like let you follow your career passions? Yeah. I mean, even since high school, like, we talk about it. Like I kind of told her I wanted to be a doctor, you know, I like yeah. maybe just more to like show yeah. off to her or something. Oh yeah. I want to be a, a heart surgeon. I mean, I really did, but that was just a show off, I think. Um, but yeah, when I got home and she just knew that's where I wanted to be. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, she's always supportive. She actually went to hair school. So she's a cosmetologist, uh, basic esthetician. And so she did that when I got home from my mission, she was already working. And so she really supported us and our family all the way through like my undergrad med school residency. She did it out of the home. You know, it was a great career to have that yeah. she could be mobile with it. And she kind of planned that knowing that, you know, I wouldn't make any money for over a decade. That's so crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it worked out. And That's she's so always crazy. Been yeah. That's so crazy. When, cause you guys now you've like built a house, you like have all these things, but in that time, was it super scary financially? Like, were you guys stressed? Yeah. I mean, I remember we moved, yes, because medical school, you don't make any money. Yeah. You know? So she was working two jobs um, and I couldn't work during medical school. So you're just going into debt, like 350000 $400,000 of debt just to go to school. And then in residency, you, I started to get paid for those six, seven years. Yeah. But like I said, the, the amount you get paid, you know, working 120 hours a week, it's just not really <laughs> worth it. Yeah, no. But, um, but it was, at least we made something. But living in California, you know, it wasn't enough to have three kids, yeah. two, three kids. So yeah, we we're just going to debt every month. And I remember we moved back here to Utah originally. And I was like, man, our credit cards, like we couldn't even afford to live in LA. And I'm every month we're going to more and more debt just to try to live basically. Um, and so the first thing we do is just pay off our credit cards. Oh, I bet. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's weird to like be in that situation because Mindy's like so responsible with money. I'm like the opposite. Like, yeah, you got Jordan's, the shoes, you know, for sure. Yeah. So for sure. Um, I didn't do that in residency, but yeah, like um, at least she has her head on right. Yeah. I, I don't for yeah. that stuff. Well, because she's like in charge of all of like the finance operations, right? Yeah, she's my boss. She runs this place. Yes. Um, real, but, you know, our staff, she's like the heart of the the, the business, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'm the technician doing the physical work and labor and she's making sure our employees are happy, our, our patients are happy, things run smoothly and that we're growing how we want to grow and, and that vision that I have that we have together. So I love that. You guys really are like the best team. And when you got back from your mission, like did you guys rekindle right away and you just knew she was the one? 
<laughs> so she actually was on a cruise the the week I got home. Oh, okay. So Plain that hard week, to get. She planned the yeah, cruise she, specifically she for so when she did with her family. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she was gone that week, and in that week, um, you know, like you come off your mission, you're just like on fire, you're like oh, I'm just like yeah. outgoing, you know. And so I went on a few dates that week, um, and but then I realized pretty quickly when she got home, we went on the first date. I was like, she's the one. Like I was worried, and I think she was worried. But that first date, and she gave me a facial. I don't know if it was that first day, but in that first week, she because she you know she does yeah, all she's this. Yeah, she's popping the So she yeah. did that, and I was like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. Like who does this? You know, so I was I sold. Love it, I love <laughs> it. And now you guys, how long have you guys been married? It'll be twenty years in January. Wow, are you guys gonna do something crazy big? Are you going to yeah, do something crazy big we, for Mindy? She knows. Yeah, we're going to go to Dubai. We've never been. Because I, I grew wow. up over in that area. So yeah. we're going to Dubai for New Year's. Hopefully that goes okay. And then we're going to go to Maldives. We've never been there. Oh, my so gosh. For our 20th, we're like, we got to do something. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The 20th, that's a big deal. Yeah. 20 years, yeah. two decades. <laughs> Dang. Okay, so now that we got a little backstory on you prior to becoming a doctor, now you're Dr. Chitty. Did you ever get called Dr. Chitty before? Was it, how did that happen? Yeah. So, you know, this goes back to like in residency. Yeah. No one could ever spell my last name right. And I was, you said it, per, you said Chitister, Chitister perfectly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like all through training, um, no one could say it or spell it right. So for really? when I first started Instagram in like 2007 or eight, whenever it was, I started a hashtag. It was how many ways to misspell Chitister. There's over 50. The other day, I just saw one that said Dr. Tudister, you know? That's probably one of my favorite ones. Okay. But um, yeah, so I started accumulating all these like misspellings, yeah. and, you know? And so when we started to try to rebrand my practice when I started in 2020, I talked to someone who was like really thoughtful. He's like, you know, we got to brand you where like people can say your name. Yeah. <laughs> and so Chitty is something someone had called me in high school and my dad, you know, like Chitty Bang Bang, but this is DDY. So Chitty, and it just stuck, you know? So really, it's good. Yeah, it worked. Cause we call it Chit Chow Chitty, and that came up from JCN, our office manager, back in the day. Um, and so yeah, it just kind of came together, and it works. You know, it's it's I get it's like friendly. It's not too yeah. You know, it people right. feel like you're homies, Doctor yeah. Chitty. Yeah. Doctor, who did your boobs, Doctor Chitty? <laughs> oh, Doctor Chitty. <laughs> so, um, you have your practice before that. Who were you working underneath somebody else? Like, what were you doing before you started your own practice? Yeah. So when I left California, my fellowship, we came back here. I joined a practice um, in Salt Lake with another surgeon. Um, and I was there for almost two years. At that time, I was collecting for my boards, you know, and sitting for my board exams and everything and just trying to build my pract- my own practice uh, at that place. And um, yeah, you know, things just worked out where we kind of culturally wanted to do our own thing and yeah um you know I, I was very afraid to do all that when I first came out of practice or out of training because I'm like I have no idea how to run a business yeah because what year was that um I 2018. 2018 so from 2018 to pretty much January 2020 I was at the other place and I learned a lot it was very very valuable yeah um but I learned a lot of things what I didn't want to do in my own thing as well and so we started that in January 2020 we literally didn't have much of anything and then two months later COVID hits and so that was really scary time for us <laughs> I can imagine I can imagine yeah, that's unexpected. when did you decide to start posting your stuff on social media so I blame Mindy uh she was doing um some saint makeup stuff um I guess mascara back then and she was doing a lot of Instagram stories. And this is in California when I was in fellowship. And I had Instagram, but I only used it to like put filters on photos and then yeah. post it on Facebook, right? Yeah. I just didn't use it. Need the Helencia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me the Helencia. Yeah. And so um, she's like, hey, you should start doing these stories. And I'm like, 
stories. So I remember when I first looked at myself, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. I'm like, I, you know, I'm the fish, you know, fish, but wide angle <laughs> yeah. lens. I'm like, I can't do this. So she's the one that kind of like taught me to do that. And then, um, yeah, so I started doing it in training my last year because I wanted to build a page. And the practice I joined, actually, I think they were really like forward thinking and into social media. And so that was really helpful for me because I don't think I would have probably push as much as I did if I didn't see somebody else trying to do yeah. that, you know? And so that was helpful for me, but it was super awkward for me at first. And then trying to figure out what I wanted to be on there, you know, like, yeah. I think it takes a while to find your voice on social media. So I think it took me about two years. So, so I think right when I left that first place and started and branded it Dr. Chidi, that's, I think where I found myself and my voice, like I could be myself. And I think in those first two years, I was really scared too, because I got a lot of backlash, you know, from other surgeons, not just locally, but like you know, nationally, yeah. like, what are you doing? People kind of like talked down to you a little bit. Oh yeah. Yes. A lot. And it's, you know, it's frustrating. It's scary. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just making this, and there's no rule book. You know, I'm trying to be ethical and do things that are appropriate, but educate people. Yeah. But I really wanted to help break down the stigmas that we see in plastic surgery, especially in the culture here in Utah. And so that was my goal is like, Hey, let's at least, you know, have this conversation at the table was like, look, it's okay to do this if you want to do it. And you don't have to tell anybody if you don't want to, Yeah. but also let's understand more of what it really does for empowering women and men, you know? So that was my goal. And I, that's kind of evolved um, oh, over the fine. years. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of stuff. And so it, it's interesting because recently, just like two weeks ago in Austin, we had our national plastic surgery meeting. So it's the biggest, you know, meeting of our, all the surgeons come together yeah. all over the country, all over the world, actually. And it's the first year, so the inaugural year for these social media awards. And they announced this, they asked for nominations like maybe three or four months ago. And um, I wasn't there at the meeting at the time. I flew in, I mean, and I went in a day or two late, but the first night at the opening ceremonies, they announced these awards and I won the award for uh, best representation of our specialty. And someone, people were sending me, also I'm like looking at my phone, Instagram, like all these like plastic surgeons are following me. I'm like, who are these people? And then someone sent me a screenshot like, hey, you won this award, congrats. I was like, I had no idea. And so for me, it was a little bit of like redemption in the sense that like after all the things people have been saying, yeah. it's like people are actually acknowledging now like this is important for our specialty. And um, again, I think if we put it do it in the right frame, it's really helpful for people. No, I think it totally is. I found you because somebody I'd followed was got a tummy tuck. And mm -hmm. I've always been interested in getting a tummy tuck when I'm done having kids, as most women are with the more kids you have your body just changes. And I loved because you showed like the actual surgery, which for some people makes them queasy for me. <laughs> fascinated. Like I loved it. And I don't feel like any other surgeon did. Maybe they do it now because of you. But before then, I mean, you could maybe find someone on YouTube, but it wasn't something that was shown on Instagram yeah. very often. But with that, have you noticed Instagram like flagging you? Because I feel like a couple of times you've been like, yeah. what the heck, Instagram? Like this is medical. Like yeah. how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's super frustrating because again, you know, we're navigating territory that no one's really yeah. done and trying to be ethical, but also share. And so I ended up creating a private page because Instagram threatened me so many times to shut me down. And luckily I never actually got shut down, but I had a lot of colleagues that did. Yeah. Um, and so I put a lot of stuff on my private page. And so just trying to navigate, you know, Instagram and now their rules actually have changed. I gave a talk at our national meeting about this specifically, but you know, shadow banning and especially for us in our specialty, like one of the community guidelines now is any cosmetic procedure being shown is considered a violation of community guidelines. And that's like literally what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and so our entire, what, what we do, we just can't show anymore. And so I had to, you know, adapt. And I think one thing as plastic surgeons is like, you know, the word plastic means to shape or to mold. And I think a lot of times people think that that term is referring to what we do. 
And I think it does, but I also think it refers to the surgeon themselves. Like, I think we have to be moldable and shapeable and dynamic as a surgeon. And so yeah. like, we've been able to adapt and I'm trying to adapt. And so I was actually talking to another plastic surgeon two nights ago. We're trying to come up with a way to approach meta and go to them and say, hey, can we come up with something, guidelines or whatever it is that we can help educate? Because the problem is if us as plastic surgeons aren't able to educate on there and show, other people are able to show and it's not right. They're getting yeah. wrong information and they're getting it from people who are doing plastic surgery that are maybe uh, not a surgeon or not, not even board a certified. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think, what we want to present to Instagram and Meta. So I'm working on that. Well, that's awesome because that's the future. Like that is how you get things out there nowadays. When do you feel like your Instagram like blew up and your TikTok? So it was 20, end of 2019, 2020. I had okay. a patient who um, had come to me and is, is well known locally. She's um, in the fitness realm and she'd had previous breast surgery somewhere else. And I talked to her and I, at the time I just started doing the internal bra for some patients. Um, and I told her this was an option for her, for her problem. And yeah. So she came, we did the surgery and, you know, she's just, her husband, the most kind people, and she's just posted about it on her page. And, you know, I never asked her to, and she just did because she was happy. And also I just had all these flood of women saying, hey, I have the same problem. And so it really like just blew up from there. And then I had a patient who had a tummy tuck and I posted that on TikTok. She posted on TikTok and also just people from TikTok. It was like all the same time right yeah. before COVID just blew, just blew up. And all of a sudden, like the phones are ringing. It was just unreal to, you know, like I real I tell people all the time in these meetings I go to, like my practice was made on social media, on Instagram. Yeah. Because we had nothing, you know. Which, and it's so crazy too, because you've said before, like you don't give discounts or collabs, like you're not giving influencers free boobs. Like that's not what no. you do. But I think people are so confused because they're like, well, you're newer. Like there are surgeons here in Utah who have been doing this for 20, 30 years. Why are people going to Dr. Chitty? And what answer do you have for that other than you're hella talented? <laughs> I think it's a combination of things um, because I'm not here to like talk about my, my well, I'm talking about yeah, myself. Yeah, you are but, here to let's but, hype you up. <laughs> but I would say, you know, I think it takes some things, right? So yeah. like, I think, sure, you can have a good presence. You know, it's like if you have great advertising ever, that's, that's the first step, yeah. right? Maybe that gets people into your door. But then the second step is, can you give them a good experience, you know? And can you treat them like another human being, like a normal human being, right? On the same level. And then when you do their surgery, if they trust you to do that, are you going to do a good job? And then can you re repeat those results? Can you be consistent? Um, and then people talk about it. So I think that it takes those components. That's like how to make the nice cake. You can't just make the cake with just the egg and the flour, you know, yeah. you need all the other components. And so I think that's why it's worked. Um, and it continues to work. And then as we've grown our practice, I try to bring in surgeons that are similar in that sense that can produce those results as well. Cause I don't personally teach them. They have their yeah. own training and we talk all the time and teach each other, but that's really what we've tried to do is is do that. So I don't know. That's what I think. But yeah, it's fresh. I know there are surgeons locally that will do free surgery for yeah. other people. And so some patients will come to me and then go somewhere else. And that's, that's fine. Um, but then I've had patients immediately come back and say, I wish I would have yeah. come to you. And then they're <laughs> coming for a revision. They're botched. You know? yeah. 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 You've, you've kind of talked about that a little bit. You did a TikTok, or maybe it was a real, maybe it was both where you're on an airplane and you were oh, saying yeah. like, people think I give, you know, free mm -hmm. surgeries and I don't, and then yeah. they go get somewhere else and they come back. Can you briefly tell us like, what that story is so yeah obviously because of hipaa i can't yeah you but, can't say but names. in general it's happened many, i'm sure it's many happened times. many times um but you know look like at the end of the day like i'm not a perfect surgeon either like we yeah. all you know it's very ancestral here like my patients 
I try to keep, we're very possessive. Like if they come yeah. to me, I want them to come back to me, right? If there's an issue, I want to fix it. Mm, right. If I feel like I can't, then I will refer you to someone I trust that I think can. And so for me, you know, I would, ne I never talk down other surgeons for one. Even if someone comes in as frustrated, like, oh, I go, I'd never say anything bad about that surgeon. Yeah. The community is too small. And karma's I'm, a bitch. So yeah. <laughs> I, I told, yes. Yeah. What goes around comes around. Yes. That is my core philosophy same, what you put same. on the world you'll get back i want to get it tattooed on my face yes, like i, I love, love karma yes. because i 100 percent believe in it if I you totally. talk crap people are gonna talk crap yeah. about you so i will never do that and mindy even says sometimes she's like jerry like you're too nice why would you be that nice about this particular yeah. you know surgeon or whatever and I, like i said it's a small community and i'm not here to do that i'm like i'm not here to compete with other people i feel like there's plenty of patients go around like like 35% of my patients come from out of state, out yeah. of country. Amazing. Like I'm not worried about like, you know, the saturation here. And I think a lot of surgeons are, but I think it's because the reach we have, it's, it's global in that sense. And so like, I think we just have to expand our, our vision of what we're thinking and we can really work together because yeah. at the same time, even though the, maybe there's 70 plastic surgeons that are board certified in the state, there are a lot more than that who aren't plastic surgeons who are doing plastic surgery that are not board certified. And so I feel like we should band together as surgeons. Why are we, you know, doing that to hurt each other when we should be helping each other? Absolutely. That's my mentality. Um, so yeah, you fixed a couple of, of botched things <laughs> before. Yeah. And has every patient that's come to you been, you've been able to fix it or have there been times where you're like, this isn't even fixable. I mean, yeah, it's pretty rare where we just say we just can't do anything. Yeah. And that's happened a couple of times where I've, I, because to me, it's always risk benefit. You yeah. know, like if you've had six surgeries with three other surgeons, I've, I've attempted to fix those, but I try to be realistic. Like, look, this is what I think I can achieve. You know, I yeah. think the hardest thing for me as a surgeon is not the surgery. It's managing the expectations of the surgery and like trying to see the vision that they're trying to achieve with their body. Cause you know, for you to tell me what you want to look like and for me to like picture that, you know, it's hard to convey that unless you can like draw it for me or whatever it is, you yeah. know, just can't get there. So yeah, it's, it's hard. Sometimes I, you, you can't. And so I try to be very honest with that. I, I never feel like I make a decision just based off of money to say, Hey, let's do this. And then just so I can make some money like that yeah. to me is not the way to go as a provider and a physician, you know? I love that. Do you do a bit of pro bono work? Yeah. I feel um, so cool when I say pro bono. Yeah, I get, like I, I like know stuff <laughs> like pro bono. Do you yeah, do I've, done, pro bono? I've done several medical missions um, and then COVID kind of shut that down. Yeah. Um, but since then we're trying to set up again with me and my partners. We're looking at a couple of places on Central America and stuff right now. Um, That's amazing. The issue with pro bono work right now where I'm at with, cause I don't own the facility that I work at. Um, and they're great, but like, I can't control the fees and most of half, like half of what I charge is goes straight to the facility and, and will that change when you go to a yeah, place? So my hope is once we have our own building, we can control those things. We have better control of like the pricing. So I would love, we already talked about what we want to do for that to help That's amazing. people. Um, but yeah, and yes, I do a lot of pro bono because even in the ER, I, a lot of times I don't charge or get paid. So I'll go and help people with hand injuries and things or facial lacerations and yes. stuff. But Yes, you did Rachel Parcell's son, his yeah. stitches, mm -hmm. which she's shared about and told everybody. And that's amazing that you do that out of the kindness I, of your heart. Yeah, I, try, <laughs> I a get a guy. lot of calls, you know, family, oh, I'm sure. friends, at least Honestly, at least five a week. Well, now that I have your phone number, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah, it's always nice to have a surgeon friend. I'm sure. Like this is new to me. You're new. You're a new friend now, Doctor Chitty. <laughs> oh, but um, if anything happens, I will be sending uh, that know. text. I will be sending that text. So you are starting your. Well, you're not starting. You're building this beautiful practice. You have people coming, joining you. 
what other exciting things can people expect from it? Because you kind of posted how it's going to be like so cool. You posted yeah. just barely, actually. Yeah. It might even still be on your stories. Yeah. I, you know, I think my vision and our, it's become our vision, you know, has just expanded and bringing on my partners, Dr. Garlic, Dr. Pfeiffer, other, you know, thought leaders in our practice. Um, really, it's just exponentially grown on what we want to achieve. When I first started my practice in 2020, it was called Jerry Chittister, MD. It was just me. Yep. And then I never thought I wanted to bring a partner on. I just was not in that mind, st mind frame. Um, but then that changed, you know, where we brought on Dr. Garlic. And then we started to realize, like, hey, we can do something bigger. So we formed the Plastics Clinic. And then we started our med spa. And then at that time, we were working on our building. And the building, when we first were in it, we're like, well, let's just take a little corner of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one floor, do everything there. Well, and I'm then sure it's it, so <laughs> expensive, too. Yeah. It's probably it's scary. It's scary investment. Scary. It's so scary. Um, but then we're like, well, let's do two floors in this building, you know, cause we really want to. And so our vision expanded and as that's expanded, it's really helped me realize like, I want this to become a place like a worldwide known center where people flying in like a couple weeks ago, had a doctor plastic surgeon from Venezuela come in and we were sharing ideas. Um, I was talking to a couple surgeons today from around the country that want to fly in and learn some techniques that I do. And then I can learn from them vice versa. And so I really want this to be a center where surgeons are coming in from all the world you know, we're doing esthetician trainings, you know, for the state and around injector trainings for, you know, nurse injectors. I mean, really like a center of learning. And so everything, the way it's set up, the conference rooms, the flow of the clinic, the flow of the spa is all arranged to do all that. So that's, it's so exciting because that's I just so cannot exciting. wait for it to be done. It's cool to walk, to go over there and just see it. Yeah, it's just up. kind of down the hill. When, yeah. um, when do you think it will be done? I'm sure it's a huge project. Yeah, so they're slating uh, May, May okay. of next year. It's probably it'll probably be summer by the time we're open. Hopefully, we'll have our grand opening next next what fall or something. Fall. September, yeah. That'll I look at her because she knows. Yeah, I you're don't like know. Mindy. I, I is this up. correct? Yeah. Is this correct? She's the fact checker here. That's why. Yeah, yeah. That's she's the, here. that's the real reason. She's, she's like, like pause. Right. <laughs> that yeah. was wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> um, what's your favorite procedure that you do? Um, so when I first started, it was all hand stuff. Yeah. Like I love, um, it's called policization. When I did a lot of hand surgery in kids, we would actually take their index finger, uh, shorten it, rotate it, move the tendons around, create a thumb because kids are born without thumbs. They okay. can't grab. That was Is that my... common? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty common actually. Wow. Yeah, especially, okay. Yeah. Um, but as I came here, I just don't do pediatric surgery anymore. That's yeah. all done through, you know, the university and stuff. So um, as I got in my practice, I've really come to love Honestly, the mommy, I call it mommy takeover, Yeah, but I it's love a that. set of surgeries that I think just really can change someone's life. Um, it, I've just seen so many women, it just really empowered them. Like I say, not just aesthetically to give them a body that was maybe a little bit, but like before they had kids, but functionally too, just to be able to yeah. get up out of bed. Some women cannot literally sit up out of bed because their muscles are so separated. Um, or, you know, they're like, they do a jumping jack or they sneeze and they, they pee, pee themselves. Yeah. Like these are all things that are literally helped by tummy tucks and people don't know that. Um, and so the next question always people ask is like, well, why does insurance cover it? I wish I knew. I wish I was a business person and ran insurance companies. I don't. Yeah. And so unfortunately, those companies dictate what they cover. You pay them and then they'll tell you what they want to cover, you know, and I have I have no say, unfortunately. But Do you do any face? Because I feel like I've never seen you post about face stuff. Yeah, I've done. So when I start, I do. Yeah, I do it all. But um, when I started, when I came here, I joined a practice where the other surgeon did a lot of face stuff. That was their primary role. And so my practice kind of just did more breast and body. And I did a lot of hand at the time. And then when I started my practice, I started, doing, I'm like, I'm going to do face, you know? So yeah. I was starting to do face, did rhinoplasties, nose jobs and all that stuff. And then I just realized though, I was so busy with the breast and body at that time already. Like I just 
had booked all that. Yeah. That it just kind of like put me in that niche anyway. And, and I just grew to love it. And I feel like very comfortable with it. And so my partner, Dr. Pfeiffer, he does all the face. I send him all the rhinos, all oh, the face okay. stuff. And gotcha. he, he loves that stuff. And so, yeah, I do it. But it's... For me, it's like kind of a struggle. You know, when I go in to do a breast case and stuff, I just, I'm like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. When I do a nose, like I can see it, but like the execution, it just takes longer because yeah, it's you could probably more do clunky. A so, is it, you call it the soma. Somi, somi, so yeah. me. Yeah, like, so, yeah. My bad. Um, You could probably do it with your eyes closed. Like, yeah, you probably do probably it so much. You probably don't want me much. to, but I, oh, no, I probably no, no, could. No, but like, you probably do it in <laughs> your sleep. Just yeah, like, I think I do. Know. I dream about it. Yeah, no, you do. And the way that you've executed all of that, what that probably was a lot to get the trademark. Is, it, is Have you mm -hmm. gotten the trademark already? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's a whole thing. Yeah. How, what was that process like on, cause you're also a surgeon, you know, yeah. so you're having to do surgery and do all those things. And then you got the business stuff. Thank goodness for Mindy. Yeah. But like to trademark and to build a bra and your own surgery technique, like what's that like? Yeah, I definitely have undiagnosed ADHD. I've diagnosed myself. Okay. So one thing is I like You're to You're a doctor. Do, yeah, it's fine. I've, I've, I do a lot of things at once. <laughs> I have a, a software company. We, we develop apps. I have another company oh, wow. that do that. We love uh, it. We have our own bra line, clothing line. Um, but yeah, the whole trademark stuff, yeah, I just... I hired a patent attorney and said, Hey, I want to do this. And I had to keep it on the DL cause I don't want anybody, yeah. you know, there's like Taking a 30 it. day period where it's like, if anybody can test it, they can, but if nobody knows about it, then you're good. So I remember when I hit that 30 days right away, I had a post ready to go and I put it with the little registered trademark on there and Love. it was awesome. Um, but actually it was Mindy's idea. Cause I was looking, you know, I was doing a lot of breast, I do a lot of breast surgery obviously. And then um, we were trying to do befores and afters and women yeah. would come in with their bras, you know, and sometimes women, they've had this bra for 15 years. And so it's a little bit, you know, kind of falling apart and maybe doesn't fit their new breasts anymore. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, we need some bras for them to wear. So it's consistent. And so, you know, I can, we can post it, but like, what will we call this bra line? You know I mean? He's like, well, we'll call it. So me, like it has two meanings. So me as in like, this is so customized to me, like my, you know, this bra or this breast job, but also like social media, like you're willing to post on social media in that bra. I was like, oh my gosh, that's genius. genius. So that's where it came from. Um, and yeah, we trademarked that. And I don't know. That's, that's where it's at. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you did Mindy's mommy takeover. Is that common for surgeons to work on their family members? Oh, it's funny you bring this up because uh, Mindy has been had been begging me for about three years to do her surgery. And I said, I won't do it. I literally said, I will send you. I referred her like three other people. She's like, I don't like their belly buttons. I don't like their work. She's like, I'm your number one fan. She's like, yeah. I would never go anywhere else. And I told her, I'm like, well, like ethically I'm worried about it. Or like, what if something happens? Right. And so I started asking around and I'm like, and everyone's like, oh yeah, we have all done our wife's surgery. And so like oh, really? every surgeon I talked to, they're like, oh yeah, I did my wife's. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, cause I don't feel like I have an ego enough to say like, I have to do it. You know, yeah. I told her, I'm like, if you want to a facelift or nose job or something. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I don't do enough. Yeah, Go somewhere yeah, else. You yeah. know, I'm like, but I probably do more mommy takeovers than anyone in this country. So I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking. And, um, but luckily it went well and that she trusts me enough to do that. Um, but yeah. Mindy, you look it. great. You look fire. Um, <laughs> is it, was it scarier doing it on her or did you feel more confident because it was her? So I, I tell patients this all the time, and I told her this. Like, ever since I started my practice, I always – that's going to sound weird. I envision that person on the table as being, like, my wife, meaning, like, I would treat that person like it was my wife on the table. So I told her, I'm like, if I ever do your surgery, this is before I did it, like, I'm preparing myself yeah. mentally. And so every case I did was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm never going to cut corners. I will be in this case until we get exactly how we want it as best as we can. You know, I'm not going to, you know, cut anything short. And, and then I'm going to do everything as safe as I can. And so when it actually came time for her surgery, I had already practiced it 
hundreds and hundreds of times. And so, but there was a moment recently where I, when we were did a surgery, I looked and I thought to my, like I snapped out of it for a second and I looked and I said, oh my gosh, this is my wife on the table and I have a knife in my hand and I'm cutting my wife. It was a weird, like this existential crisis I had. Yeah. I kind of like zoomed out and I was like, what am I doing? And it only lasted for like a second and I got back into it. But I told um, Shelby, she's my physician associate that we operate together. And she was like, oh yeah, that was weird. She's like, I saw you like kind of freak out for a split second. Yeah, we could see it. We <laughs> yeah, could all tell you're like, wait, um, I think the question that a lot of people want to ask, but they like, it's really personal, but weekly trash, we get personal here. Um, you see so many boobs. Like how many boobs do you think you've seen in your <laughs> oh. lifetime? I mean, probably over 10,000. And it's human nature to like, look at boobs and go, oh, boobs, you know, but it's obviously medical. Has seeing all these naked women ever affected your guys' marriage and relationship? That's a great question. We've actually talked about this before together as a couple, and, and I've talked to other people about this. We're very open about it. Um, I mean, it doesn't bother our relationship at all. I still very much appreciate her her boobs. Um, <laughs> They're perfect but, boobies. But for me, I mean, yeah, like I also think of medically, like they're just boobs, you yeah. know, like, and I think, cause I look at it very differently for me, it's yes. very analytical and it's like, okay, you're coming in here. We're trying to create symmetry for you or create shape. And so for me, I'm like, it's work for me, you know, and I'm yeah. trying to like, how can we get what you want? Um, and so, you know, I definitely, I'm, you know, as a sculptor, maybe like they're very proud of their work. Like I'm yeah. proud of the things I'm able to do, but I don't look at it and like lust over it and be like, oh my gosh, look at my patient's breasts. Like I don't feel that way, but I feel more proud, like a proud dad, like, oh my gosh, you know, that's like, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Go team, you know, like <laughs> we did that. Yeah. yeah. But no, many, many I've worked together again for years and you know, she runs yeah. our practice and she sees how I am with patients. I try to be very respectful all the time, um, professional and always have a chaperone anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, I could see that being a question and I get it a lot and it doesn't bother me. I don't, does it bother you? She's nodding her head. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, people are like human nature. Like your husband's seeing naked bodies all day. Like, yeah. you know, it's a question like, is that weird? But again, it's I mean, I guess medical. like if I was a foot doctor yeah. and you ask me right now, like, is it weird to see, is your wife bugged? Do you see people's feet? If I had a foot fetish, that'd be yeah. a thing, I guess. Right. But um, I don't, don't look at my toes. Thing They're nasty. It. I'm not posting my toes. We need to get you a pedicure. They, we need yeah. To get well, you a I have these nasty calluses because I rode a bike in Thailand for two years. And so like rub my shoe, just and like, just I look like I have like troll feet, but it's oh, fine. Oh, wow. Don't tell anyone. Uh, well, we just told well, everybody. I just told everybody. So <laughs> everybody knows. Now Dr. Chitty has troll feet, Yeah, they guys. will not be on Instagram. Oh, dang. You don't want to start an OnlyFans for your feet? <laughs> I actually might make money off that. Maybe people like People that. would probably like it. There are some yeah. freaks out there. There are some freaks. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Do you feel like your faith has helped you grow and be the doctor you are? Because you're just such an honest, good person. Do you think that's helped at all? For sure. I, I feel like, you know... Being raised in the LDS church, you know, definitely there's a lot of cultural things, yeah. but there's also a lot of the belief things. And I look at my parents, they're very faithful people. And I think that's something that always like that I clung to. And For sure. you know, Mindy definitely is um, very, very faith oriented and based. And so that's always been, she's been an example to me always. But I definitely think that when it comes to honesty and things like the patients, for sure, because you know, at the end of the day, like if I look at people as my brother and sister, like I want to treat you like you're my family member. And so everything I do, whether it's, you know, coming up with a plan or, you know, whatever the price is going to be, like people always ask me like, well, if you're so booked out, like, why don't you just up your prices and then you'll, you know, filter out a lot of people. I'm like, well, yeah. I don't want to that. Like our prices, <laughs> a lot of people will complain about them already. You know, like I try to be competitive, but I don't want to be the highest or the lowest, but I also want to be accessible to yeah. like my brothers and sisters. So, um, yeah, that's something I've always wanted to do. And yeah, for me, for sure, faith's been a huge part of this. And I think 
um, you know, really relying on our faith in terms of building our practice and through a lot of things we've been through has really pulled us through, honestly. I love that. Um, especially here in Utah, I feel like it's very common for your, you know, your doctor to be of the same faith as you because everyone in Utah, we're in a bubble. <laughs> but have you noticed any ever any kickback for people being like, how are you a member of the church, but you do such worldly things like boob jobs? You know, interesting enough, I have not gotten that. Um, I, I thought I would get it more when I first came back, but I've never had someone say that, like, how can you do this as a surgeon and be of this faith? I've never heard that. And I, I, maybe other surgeons have, um, I mean, there's definitely, you know, things in the church that they're kind of against us doing in terms of certain types of surgeries. And so, um, you know, there, there's that aspect to it, but, um, yeah, I've never had that interestingly. Well, I'm glad because yeah. you never know here in yeah. Utah. Some people might say something crazy. Yeah. You never, you <laughs> never true. know. So you have a wait list for your wait list. <laughs> what does that feel like? Does that like stress you out? It's, it's very heavy. It's very stressful. It causes more anxiety. That's what for like a year and a half, I just closed my books because it was causing me so much stress. It's like, yeah. okay, you're booked out two years for consults and it, and like, I hate like talking about, I hated talking about it. Like it gave me anxiety. We do these lives on Instagram and yes. first question you know, how long is your wait list? And like, it gave me anxiety. And so we just shut it down. Um, but then we reopened it a few months ago. So it'd be like a year and a half. And I think we had like over a thousand people call within 24 hours to add on. Probably me. So it went, so it went from like, <laughs> I'm on the wait list for the wait list. Like 28. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, again, you know? Um, and so for one, like I step back and I think to myself, it's wild to me that people trust me enough to literally say, okay, you're going to go to sleep. You you may not wake up, right? It's never happened. Right. But you may not wake up from this for one. Two, you just cut my body however you think. Yeah. Put me back together and pray that I look like I want to look like I made. I told you I want to look like, you know, and you're going to do that in under six hours. And I'm going to pay you to do that, you know? And it's so it's like this heavy thing, but at the same time, it's like a, I don't know, it's a response that I feel very humbled about. And so, like I said, I want to remain accessible to people and I know there's a wait list. Um, so thank you for being patient. I'm doing my best. We try to operate four days a week. Um, in our new center, I think we'll have a little bit better, you know, control of, over my schedule in that way. But yeah, hopefully we can get through it. Hopefully. I'm praying for myself, <laughs> selfishly. Have any of the doctors that like to talk shit, have they come and apologized? Or um, eat in their words. You know, people have their own way of apologizing. Okay. You know, and I acknowledge that. And I, I don't, I don't expect apology from anybody because, like, in the end of the day, we're all human. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they make mistakes, but people make judgments on other people that are incorrect. You know, I, I'm sure I do that too. But in reality, like, you know, like in the end, like I said, I'm here to support other people. I'm not here to put other people down, whether you're a surgeon or whatever you do. Um, and so, but I have had people you know, reach out to me in different ways. My, my favorite, I have to tell you, I'm not gonna say who the surgeon was, local surgeon, Okay. Um, which is dissing on me um, on one of their Instagram posts about doing TikToks and dances and all this stuff, right? And then like a few months later, their staff made them do a TikTok dancing and I just had the biggest smile on my face. The irony. You know, I feel it's like Footloose kind of, you know, the movie where they're like dancing uh-huh. and like everyone's like, don't dance. And then all of a sudden everybody's dancing. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's dancing now. No, you started the trend. <laughs> you started the trend. It's I'll scary. even tell you like, you know, when I went surgeon shopping because I got a reduction, mm-hmm. you were busy. Um, I tried to get to you, but I'm too <laughs> I'm busy. <sorry. laughs> it's okay. You're going to do my tummy tuck. But um, I, I, went to, I went to a couple of other surgeons and 
I was in the waiting room with one of them and I was talking to the, one of the girls that worked there and we were just chatting and she was like, Oh, why'd you choose us? And I was like, Oh, cause Dr. Chitty was busy. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> and, but they were like, I was like, you, who does your guys' social media? Like you guys should get on that. Like, and they were like, Oh no, like, yeah. no, like, yeah. and I was like, you guys are dumb. Like you guys are dumb because he's killing it. Like you would be dumb to not hop on that. So, and that was three, three years, almost three years ago. And so they're for sure eating their words now. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, cause it is, it's exponentially grows and it's changing yeah. so much and I get it. It's, it was very intimidating even for me, you know, like I said, but I think some people did that almost as a statement, like, well, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. I'm like, that's fine. You can stay here. If you don't want to use a cell phone and you just want to use a landline, that's fine. Yeah. But you're going to limit yourself, you know? And for I think sure. it's just evolving. Like it says, plastic surgeons, we have to be able to, I think we sometimes get in a comfortable position as surgeons, you know? And so I'm like in my fifth or sixth year of practice now. Which and, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we, we get comfortable and I don't ever want to be comfortable. Again, I have ADHD, so I, I get bored easily. Um, and so too, like I'm constantly trying to change what I'm doing to get better. Even like the breast surgery I do now, I do not do the same breast augmentation that I did a year ago. You know, I've tried to evolve it. And so I'm trying to like create these new ways and with our new materials and things we can do, like really provide like better results and consistent results for women. Do you think that with your ADHD, cause you're like always on the go, 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 want to do a million things. Do you think you'll ever get burnt out? Yeah. I, you know, I have a lot of close friends, even <laughs> Mindy smiling that they're really worried about that, you know? And so I think really it's like trying to pace myself. And I, yeah. so like when I started my practice in 2020, I had a really good friend. He's, he's a, he does leadership training and stuff. We sat down, wrote all of our cultural foundations. He helped me with this. I didn't know what that was. Um, wrote all this stuff for our practice, but he also helped me put like a vision board together and put like our, my personal life together and my business for like three, five, 10 years. So we mapped everything out, even like down to the date my kids graduate high school and you know, all this stuff so we could plan it. But um, in doing that, yeah, like, um, it really helped me like figure out like, okay, this is what I want to do. But, um, yeah, so I just lost my train of thought thinking ADHD. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. That's me. That's why I have this iPad. Yeah. I'm like, I was mm, like, what are you going to get burnt out? You, yeah, that was the so question. that, yeah, the whole thing was we planned, sorry, we, that's what I say. We planned into that like breaks. And so I had yes. taken breaks off for like the first two years. But then we planned it, okay, like at year three, you're going to start taking a week off every quarter. Yeah. And I've had to do that. And so that's been like probably one of the best things for our family is like taking that time together as a family to be together. And then Mindy and I, like half the time, we'll actually go together and just do our own thing. Because I feel like that's just important to build that for relationship sure. as with our kids. So For sure. Um, something with my ADHD, I remembered a question I was going to ask you oh, and okay, I good. forgot. Um, <laughs> you've only been doing this for six years and you're literally like the best in the world. Uh, is that common? <laughs> Like, has is there any other surgeon who, in their sixth year, has had the success that you've had? Um, or are you the first? I would, I would not know. Yeah, I, I've not heard. I don't know. Because oh, probably not. That's I, I don't amazing. Know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you ever like pinch yourself, or are you like, no, I worked mm -hmm. damn hard for this? I definitely work hard for it. We d we definitely work hard for it. I don't, you know, like people see what they see on social media. You know, they don't see the struggle in the background. They don't see like the tons of hours I put into it behind like, yeah, I, in surgery, I operate, you know, 60 hours a week yeah, or, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. But then I go and I have to run my clinic. I have to run a business. And then I have to do, I do 20, 30 hours of social media a week. Like I answer my own DMS. I do all my own posts. I do my own reels. We have people on our team with social media, people on our team yeah. and stuff, but I think to keep it authentic and stuff, I've kept that. Yeah, it but it's a lot. You. And then we have our kids stuff and then our stuff. And so it's a juggling act. I, I told someone recently, it's like, 
what I've realized is you cannot give 100% to everything at once, right? It's a juggling. Yeah. But when you're holding that ball in your hand for that split second, it's 100%. You're not going to let that ball go. You're going to focus on it. And so like, yes, like even our kids, like sometimes like our son is sick right now. He needs more attention. He's 100% of our attention, you know, but then our other child might need it later. And so it's just right. this constant juggling act that it's I hope lot. I don't drop the 50 balls. Drop the balls. <laughs> drop the balls. You're not. You're not going to. You're not going to. Um, I have some questions I want to ask you, Dr. Chitty, as per, let's pretend you're my surgeon right okay. now. Um, when would you recommend a tummy, like a full tummy tuck versus a partial tummy tuck? Like, was yeah. that a mini? A mini yeah, tummy? Yeah, mini. Yeah. So what I tell people is one, you got to be done having kids. So if you're still having kids, I would not recommend it. Some surgeons say, oh, I'll just do a tummy tuck every time you have a kid. Like that's, that's a lot of money. It's not worth it. Um, Because the whole point of a tummy tuck is to remove excess skin and stubborn fat and then fix your muscle separation, right? Maybe a hernia and then contouring, whatever. And so a full tummy tuck will address skin above the belly button that's loose and fat and then below. So you get both of it and the whole muscle repair. A mini tummy tuck is like the bottom only. It's like if you have a little looseness below your belly button and a little muscle separation, we'll fix that. Gotcha. Then there's other stuff in between hybrid, but yeah, that's really the separation. So I tell people mostly mini tummy tuck and get mini results. And maybe that's all you need. But if your expectation again is like you want a full result, but you want yeah. a mini, like it's not going to align. And so I try to caution people. On okay. That. So yeah, I will be getting full. Okay. Good to know. Um, when do you recommend, oh, that's another thing. ADHD. Somebody was telling me that you have like a new thing that like just like tightens skin or it's a new procedure oh, yeah. or something that you're doing. My yeah, friend's do, friend just got it. Yeah. You just did so it. So we do Renuvion. Um, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, it uses the results uh, are insane. radio frequency and helium. It's like a little purple plasma. And after you do lipo, we run that under the skin to tighten it. Um, so it, def- it, it does what's called a uh, contracture of the soft tissue. And then that secondarily tightens the skin. So with FDA approval. But um, yeah, it's a great device okay. and it really like on the arms, it works great. Like under the chin, you know, submentum, inner thighs. It's awesome. It doesn't replace, you know, certain things, but right. it's, it's awesome. It's been okay. a great tool. Okay, good like to I've know. had a lot fewer people need like that big old yeah. scar on their arm yeah. because we can do this instead. It's amazing. Okay. I'm keeping that, writing that down. Okay. What was it called again? Renuvion. Renuvion. Okay. Yeah. When would you recommend a body fat transfer over implants? I get that question a ton because a lot of people are worried about, I think maybe you'd ask me about this, yeah. um, about breast implant yeah. illness. So a lot of people come in saying, hey, I'm worried. I want to have a foreign body in my body or I don't want to change implants or whatever it is. Um, I want to use my own tissue. And so one, just to make sure if you're candidate, your expectations, right? If someone comes in and says, look, I want to look like this patient and have like big round implants. Fat does not look like an implant. It looks right. very natural and full, but can never get that really rounded implant look. At least, yeah, we don't have that technology. I'm working on it on some studies right now, but, um, that's if you're doing fat and sometimes it takes two sessions because the fat doesn't always stay. Yeah. Not all of it stays. And so you need two surgeries for that up front. Well, if but, you lose weight, will you lose that fat? Yeah. And the fat will shrink. So once the fat stays, it's always there, but oh, the okay. cells will get smaller. So it looks like you lost it or if you gain weight, it gets bigger. Right. So it'll fluctuate with your body. Okay. And fat's not really structural right now. Like the technology we have, it doesn't create, like I said, roundness. It creates, it can fill up, but it can't yeah. create a shape. And so we're kind of limited. So that's where implants gotcha. good. But yeah, some people don't want implants and that's okay too. Like I'm not here to push anything. It's yeah. whatever you want, but just so you know your options, you know. Have you had any clients that got breast implants come to you about breast implant illness and want you to take them out? Yeah, I've had a few um, over the last five years. I've had, I think, three or four in my practice, you know, but, and it's definitely a thing that you hear about on social media and in Facebook groups and things. You know, there are actually some really good studies that came out in the last year or two by Dr. Patricia McGuire, if you want to look it up. 
they did several studies looking at this because they want to figure out like, okay, what is causing this? Is it being caused by implants or what is the core? And they looked at everything. They looked at, you know, heavy metals in the bloodstream and in the capsules. They looked at the capsules. They looked if it's an allergic reaction, autoimmune reaction. They tried everything and they just didn't find a correlation between implants and that. And they had control groups. Um, but what they did find is some women, when they take them out, they feel better. And so I never would put that down, you know, whether scientifically we don't have the evidence or not yeah. yet. It doesn't mean we don't know it, right? Like just because we don't see something doesn't mean it's not there, you know? God. But um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? But um, so I was just, you know, my, and then list my patients. And if you're having a problem, let's figure out what it is. Yeah. And if it's the implants, take them out. But unfortunately, some women take it out and they come back. I've had two or three come back and say, um, I want them back in because I found out I had some other yeah. health problem, you know? So or I feel sure the same and I just want nice yeah. boobs and yeah. feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's risk benefit, yeah, you know. For sure. Okay. Is there a surgery that people have asked you to do that you thought was unnecessary? Like butt implants. Yeah, I personally don't do butt implants. Um, mainly because there's issues with infection and the rotation and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I have friends that do it and their patients are very happy. I, I don't do them personally. Um, so yeah, people ask me, I don't do it. I'll refer them to someone else who does. What would you do? Like, I want butt implants, not really, but like, I want my butt to be nicer. Mm -hmm. Um, what would you, what would you do for me? Stick so, fat in there or what? Yeah. Usually I do a fat transfer. Okay. So I use ultrasound and put it in so we can see where we're putting the fat exactly. Okay. So we don't put in your muscle. Cause you know, one of the things you hear about BBLs is the risk of death or fat going from the bloodstream into the heart. Oh, I and never that's because, knew that. Oh, yeah. Wow. And that's because, um, you know, surgeons were doing it too fast or they have their tech doing the fat transfer and they put it into the muscle and then it gets into the blood vessels and goes to the heart and they die. Oh my so, gosh. So yeah, there's been a whole movement for safe BBL. And so that's changed a lot of how we do it. And so like I said, I do it all ultrasound based, but it's awesome. I think fat transfer and the buttock, you know, on a certain level, it doesn't have to be massive. It can, yeah. but it doesn't have to be, and it can look really good. Yeah. Um, and it's your own fat. So, okay. Well, I will be adding that to my list as <laughs> well. Okay, my last question for you before we do personal trash and trash topic hand is what are you most excited for in 2024? I'm so excited for our building to be open, to really open our surgery center, um, our med spa, our clinic, and just to see it all come together. You know, we've been working on this. Uh, sorry. Obviously, I'm very invested in it. Um, it's been um, three years in the making that we've been working, you know, and like I said, it's the background. It's all the meetings we do, all the emails we answer, all the documents we have to sign, doing the walkthroughs every week, you know, going through our interior designer, just everything to make sure it's like perfect, you know, even like having, you know, wall chargers in the break room so our employees can charge their phones while they're on break, just trying to think of everything we can to make an experience for our patients and our staff. Um, so to see that come will, I think, be the coolest thing. Um, yeah. And then my 20th anniversary, because it's yes, January 2nd. That too, so that's that 24. Too, that too. I love that you got emotional, though, because that really shows just how genuine you are in all of this. And it shows. Like, people are, love you. We love you, Dr. Jenny. Oh, we love you. you. Um, but now it's time to take out your personal trash from the week. So oh, we're going to talk about anything this week that you've done, eaten, seen, liked, hated, all <laughs> the things. Personal Trash is brought to you by Beauty Calls. Beauty Calls Waxing Studio and Draper has been my go-to for waxing for about three years. I met Kylie because somebody had recommended her to me for my Brazilian and I never left. She is the best in the biz with 500 five-star Google reviews. It is clear that she is the person that needs to be waxing you because she specializes in Brazilians and also does amazing waxing services on the face, your nose, your lip, your legs, your armpits, wherever you got hair, she will get rid of it. She is so professional and makes you feel so comfortable because she's so inclusive with every body type, doesn't make you feel weird about it. 
and she gives luxurious aftercare options to make you feel a 10 out of 10 comfortable. Use code WEEKLYTRASH to get $10 off a full price service and go to her Instagram at beautycalls underscore B-E-A-U-T-Y-C-A-L-L-S underscore to DM her to book a appointment or go to her link in her bio. Personal Trash is also brought to you by Dreamland Baby. None of my babies have been the best sleepers, and with my first baby, Bentley, I tried everything. A friend recommended Dreamland Baby's weighted sleep sacks, so out of pure desperation, I ordered it, and I can honestly say out of all the sleep sacks waddles I've tried, Dreamland Baby helped give me the most sleep. So I was so excited when they gave me a code because I have been using that same sleep sack for all three of my babies. So it has been through the ringer between spit up, blowouts, and multiple wash cycles, but it's still kicking. So I'm so excited to be adding another one to the rotation. And I ordered their dream weighted transition swaddle since Banks is about ready to not be swaddled anymore. We've been using it for about two months and he loved every minute of it. Now we're going to transition him to the armless swaddle, which I cannot wait to see how he does. The gentle, evenly distributed weight in their sleep sacks naturally reduce stress and improve relaxation through deep touch stimulation. And as a result, your little one will fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer, which means mamas can stay asleep longer too. So if you're like me and desperate for a good night's sleep, use code Josie Bogo 23 and get that buy one, get one exclusive discount. It's going on till November 19th and it's the best discount they ever give throughout the year. And you need to, because like I said, you have spit up, you have blowouts, you have all those things. So to make sure you always have one in handy when the other one's in the wash, go to dreamlandbabyco.com and use code Josie Bogo 23, J-O-S-I-E B-O-G-O-2-3. What's going on this week, Dr. Chitty? What um, do you do besides surgery? Like, like I, when you I leave mean, work? I dance. I do dance? TikToks with my daughter. That was, okay. I did that yes. this week. Go yes. to my kids' sports game. You know, right now our kids are teenagers. They're on travel teams. And so mm. it's a lot of sports. Yeah. And so when we're not working, we're, you know, supporting our kids and doing that. Um, or Mindy and I love to go out and get sushi. We didn't go this Ooh, week. Okay, where do you go? We go to Sapa. I've seen okay. a lot of people at Sapa. Okay, okay. Or Takashi. Do you, have you been, I'm assuming you've been to Tsunami. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love Tsunami, Okay. Because okay. it's right by us. And, and have you been high. to Wasabi? Yeah, in Draper. In Draper. Yes. That's I love good, that place, that's, too. It's, it's not as fresh tasting. That's no, the thing. I good. feel like Wasabi, it's like the same roll with a ton of sauce on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a sushi freak, okay? Oh, okay. But Sapa, I must not have ordered the right things. Have because, you not been? No, I, oh, I we went. Like but I'd never been. So, obviously, I ordered like 20 rolls because I was oh, so concerned. <laughs> My biggest fear is going to get sushi and hating every single one. Yeah. And so, they're like all the same. Cause like, like, yeah, cause I go to Tsunami. That's like my place. And yeah. I have my same four rolls that I get every single time. I get a Sunshine. Mm. I get a PD. Oh, yeah. I get a Don Juan. And I get oh. a Coco Cabana with a nice. side of DTH sauce. You need that. You oh, need I'm the, DTH the DTH sauce. You should get the executive um, yeah. uh, and the PD. Yeah. Oh, the executive's good too. Sometimes the lime DTH, throws me huh? off. The DTH sauce is like a. Almost like a spicy mayo kind of. Ooh. It's so good. Okay, I'm down. It's like sweet, but like kind of spicy. Got a little, it has those like little spicy. egg. Um, what are those? Little, little orange ones? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The little yeah. like salmon What's it eggs called? or rose. It starts with an E. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. It, I don't know. Oh, S. Not, no. It's not that. I know what you're thinking. It's yeah, not that. It's like E, B, B. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, it's really good. And then I get a side of habanero sauce because I Ooh, love it spicy. Nice. And I'm like a tsunami freak. Like they cool. gave me like a <laughs> gift card and like nice. a chocolate with my name on it oh. because I spend so much money there. <laughs> so I wish I liked Sapa because the vibes at Sapa yeah, are that's cool. That's a good vibe. 
What are your Have rolls you tried the Cy- I love the cypress roll. Okay, cypress. That's probably my favorite. Um, UFO, I love the UFO. Okay. So it has a little bit of the crab The crunchies? Stuff. Yeah, oh. the crab, crab meat or something in the yeah, middle. Yeah, the imitation put, crab. Yeah, but it tastes really good. Um, I can't even think what else right now. Oh, I love their garlic noodles. Amazing. So they have like stuff that's not sushi yeah, to yeah. mix in. I love the garlic noodles. And um, oh, I love the short rib. Bull rider? Low oh, low rider. rider. Yeah, low thank rider. you. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. gonna check those out. I'm gonna go check those out because yeah, I was like so stressed because everyone was like, "Sapa's so good, Sapa's so good," yeah. and I was like, "Is it?" I so try or fat fish is good too. They're, I think it's a similar owner, but they're up north. Their rolls rolls a little different. They're a bit okay. bountiful. Okay, it's like family that owns like I guess one of the restaurants each. Okay, but it's it's good. You should try that. Well, I if you guys like sushi, you guys are good people. So that's <laughs> we love. Sushi. That's the most important thing. Okay. <laughs> we, we sorry, we were in California. We would go to this all you can eat because we were we like we're yeah, yeah. very poor. Yeah. So we like would twenty dollars. Yes, yeah, so twenty dollars. But the thing is on the menu, it's like if you do not eat the entire roll, you yes. have to pay for each roll. And there was one time, as me, Mindy, and my brother-in-law, we went and we just like got too many rolls, and we're sitting there looking. And we're like, what are we gonna do? And so we started like stuffing it in our pockets and like smashing it in the napkins. My brother-in-law went to the bathroom. That's we were so worried. <laughs> It was so embarrassing. That's literally me and my husband did the exact same thing. It was at Provo. It was at Provo's All You Can Eat Sushi. And we were like, I don't want to finish this. So we took turns going to the bathroom and flushing it down the toilet. That's amazing. Oh, you know, the things you do to save $3, you know, it's a big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay. What other things? Do you watch TV? Oh, I love TV. You love TV? I just don't have as much time. I just, I haven't finished Loki. I've been watching Loki. What's on that? Disney Plus, so it's like the Marvel. Oh, so you're thing. a Marvel guy. I like Marvel. Okay, and I like Star Wars, so I've been I watched Ahsoka. Is but that a, is that like a thing where if you're a doctor, you have to be kind of a nerd too? I probably. Okay. I've always and been a nerd, a for sure. I'm a nerd. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Okay. I'm a nerd. Like I, there's nothing to do in Saudi Arabia. There's no TV, so either I played basketball, I climbed a mountain, or I like played video games. You know, gotcha. or like, just oh. played by yourself. Imagination. I just my, yeah, <laughs> I played Legos. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. nerdy too. Um, build things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we like that, but we watch like we like the Kardashians. We've been watching okay. American Horror Story with Kim Kardashian. I haven't watched it yet. It's good, but Is they like good? they did part one. It just like stops. You're like, where's the rest? You know. Oh, that's the worst when um, they do that. Yeah. You just want to binge it entirely. You don't want to be cut off in the middle. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It was good. What else? She likes Love Island and all that stuff. Oh, Love I Island. I fall so she's like, are you gonna go to sleep? She'll look at me and be like, okay. How much longer are you going to be awake? And I say yeah. two minutes. So she'll put on Love Island or Love is Blind yeah. or The Circle or something. All of those trashy reality TV that, that I love, love, yeah. love, love. <laughs> um, and you guys, you did like some experiment thing. I didn't really know exactly what oh, you were the... doing. <laughs> I, I was with trying. breast implant? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> oh, so part two is coming. Okay. So we, we got this text about my our Somi bra. Yeah. And I said, hey, um, will my 1500 saline cc implants fit in these bra- what bra size is that really big um yeah 1500 cc's the biggest the silicone they make is 800 so this is double that okay. this is like so this I don't is even like what... dolly parton yeah okay yeah, okay yes. and so i was like hmm, i don't know if our bra will fit those so let's find out so we i got a saline implant filled with saline so we got it to 1500 and then uh put it in the bra and we're like okay it fits and then we're like let's keep going so we started pumping it. We have six liters in it right now but then my pump like kept breaking down because it like was pumping it in and just yeah. broke the pump so I'm like, I don't want to sit and pump it by hand, but we're going to keep going until it blows up. I think it'll hold probably 1,600, 16,000 cc's, which is like... 16,000? 16, okay, 16,000. Um, how many pounds is that? That's is that like, like the size of this chair? Like Yes, that is so much water, like fluid. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. like one liter is like two pounds. So you do, you know, like you're talking like wow. 40 pounds on wow. per breast. 
Oh my gosh. So they're strong. That's what I'm trying okay. to say. They're really durable. Yeah, they're very put a durable. Lot of fluid in there. Put a, yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. What's like the average size that you would say people get if they just want like an average looking booby? You know, 325 is around the average size. Gotcha. Utah might be a little higher, like 400, but it's probably okay. because women here do a lot of breastfeeding because they have a lot more kids. Mm-hmm. So they deflate a little more. So they need more volume just to have like a D cup, you know? This is a dumb question. Does elevation affect implants? Um, that's a myth. I've never seen it do anything okay. to... Now, if you um, if you fill an uh, implant with air, so like um, women with breast reconstruction, sometimes we'll fill the sizer or the expander, we call it with air. That could affect it because okay. now it just could shrink or expand. Okay. So if they're traveling, you'd want to fill it with fluid, not air. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that other people have like thought of this question. It wasn't just like me yeah. randomly. I mean, I've never had thirty percent of my patients are out of state. They all most of them get breast stuff done, yeah. and I've never heard one pop or blow or oh good cause any issues. So. Okay. Oh good. Oh <laughs> yeah. good. Okay. I'm trying to think. Um, if any other personal trash stuff we could talk about? Are you a um? Are you a clean person or are you a messy person? Um, it depends. If it's my bedroom, it's me- if it's my side of the room, it's messy. I'm just kidding. I'm pretty clean. I, okay. I try to be super clean, um, pretty organized. Yeah. Because I, I had an organization company come and clean my house. That's mm-hmm. my personal trash is now my house is organized and cleaned. Nice. Um, but I don't know where anything freaking is. <laughs> and it's driving me insane. Yeah. Like, I'm so grateful, but it's like pissing me off. Like, I go Where's to like get butter? my makeup and I'm like, this isn't the right drawer. Or like, like my underwear, they actually folded it. I'm like, don't oh, fold my underwear. I don't know weird. what underwear is which now. <laughs> like it's all black underwear yeah. and one is a different shape than the other one. And now I can't find it because it's all black and it's all folded perfectly and tightly <laughs> together. I like destroyed my closet looking for underwear today. So that's my So is that trash. a recent thing for you? Yes. I'm okay. not, a cl- I'm clean, but I'm not organized. Yeah. And so I was like, I need help in that department. I'm probably like you too. We had someone come organize when we first moved in. It was like a time thing. Like, I don't have time to organize. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And it was awesome. Like, they did a great job. But yeah, I agree. It's like, where's the saran wrap? I'm like, oh, I yeah. have no idea where that is. You know, we find it, but. Like, where are my tweezers? Yeah. Oh, they're probably going to be where tweezers are supposed to be, Josie. They're not going to be on your nightstand <laughs> where you put it. in the peanut butter that you ate last <laughs> night and didn't finish. Like, okay. Okay, well, if that's all for your personal trash, that means it's time for Trash Topic Can. You're going to pick a little topic out of this cute little trash can. Trash Topic Can is brought to you by Road to Baby. Did you know that one in eight people in the U.S. alone struggle with infertility and have difficulties growing their family? The team at Road to Baby understand the pain and frustration that can come with infertility, and they are there to help you navigate that often bumpy road to parenthood. Road to Baby is a surrogacy, egg, and sperm donation agency based out of San Diego, California, who connects those in need with surrogates, egg donors, and sperm donors to help them grow their family. Road to Baby believes in fairly compensating those who make these dreams of parenthood come true. First-time surrogates working with Road to Baby receive a minimum of $56,000 for their incredible dedication. Egg donors are generously compensated at $10,000 per donation, and sperm donors each earn $5,000 for their first donation. If you've ever considered becoming a surrogate, egg donor, or sperm donor yourself, I encourage you to reach out to Road to Baby. You have the power to change lives and make parenthood dreams come true. And wait, there's more. If egg, surrogacy, or sperm donation isn't for you, but you know someone who might be a perfect fit, you can earn $1,000 in referrals for egg and sperm donors and $6,000 or more per surrogate referral. If you or someone you know is struggling with infertility, remember that you are not alone. The experts at Road to Baby are there to help you navigate this often challenging path to parenthood. Their experience and guidance can make all the difference in your journey. Road to Baby exists to help growing families and creating a life-lasting connection and making dreams a reality. 
If you're ready to take that first step or just curious to learn more about the process, schedule a free consultation with Road to Baby. Visit www.roadtobaby.com. R-O-A-D-T-O-B-A-B-Y.com. What could it be? Could it be spicy question? That would be interesting for Dr. Chitty to answer a spicy question. Oh. Okay. Top three most played songs. Oh, you might need your phone for this one. You gave um, it to Mindy. Mindy has your phone. I have. Let's see. What are my top three Let's most see. played songs? Are you a Swifty? I am actually. You are. A closet Swifty okay. recently. Decloseted we right now. <laughs> we went. Actually, that's probably one of my top songs. Let's see. Wait, what? which uh, concert did you, which one? Uh, Vegas? Just in Vegas, yeah. This Second? Yeah. First one, she went oh, to both. Oh, I did. She second was front night. row on the second. I was like <gasps> up in the behind. You know the screen we're behind this. Uh-huh. I didn't know there was a front stage because <laughs> of our seats. Like, yeah, yeah. And she shows her video. The second I'm like, wait, there was a screen there, and there was no, stuff. That concert was amazing. It was so cool. It's so, and I didn't even She's realize how phenomenal. cool it was until now because I feel like Vegas was like her like third or fourth yeah, show. Yeah, because she was in like Arizona and then yeah, went there. Second yeah. show, yeah. And like people were excited, but like it wasn't like. People were like selling their kids to go, yeah. you know, like yeah. I will do anything to go to Taylor <laughs> Swift. And now I'm like, why didn't I appreciate it more? Because yeah. people were literally freaking out over it. And at the time I was just like, yeah, this is great. I love yeah. it. And I'm like, whoa, no, that was insane. Yeah, That's like that was going amazing. down in history. Yeah, for sure. So like all my top three songs yeah. are the 1989 oh, album. Really? All of them. So all I, the Volt, Volt I songs. I listened to a lot of Drake. I'm a huge Drake fan. Okay. So disappointingly, um, for my birthday, we went to Nashville. She surprised yes, me. Yes. And he canceled his concert. I we went, hate so when they we do that. There. Yeah. That did bummer. he? Did he say why? Did he? Do I that? think it was mental health stuff. So okay. And that's fine. I get it. But I get it. But also, Justin like, Bieber did that to us too. Okay, Justin Bieber did that to a lot of people. Yeah. He a lot of times. Yeah. Let's the mental health himself, one I is is I get it because mental health is real. I have mental health health yeah. issues, but there's also no way to prove it. Yeah, so, like, we believe so like, you. So like we believe yeah. you, but like but it sucks. it's it's yeah. really annoying. Please yeah. please come on stage, especially when you fly out there. Yeah, yeah. So we had, we had a good time. I've never been to Nashville. It was really cool. But did you guys get good food? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Nashville the food's food. amazing. So good. Holy cow. Never been, but I'm gonna pretend like it I was have. Fun. And it I was cool. Go. First time ever. I, I I thought about getting a cowboy hat and boots and just like the yeah. Whole oh, I thought vibe. you were gonna say like a tattoo. I'm like, oh. well, that too, <laughs> tramp stamp. Yeah. Um, but then we we didn't. I'll have to go back. Yes. Okay. Wait. That totally ADHD reminded <laughs> me of a question I wanted to ask you. You used to have your ears pierced. Oh yeah, they're still pierced. They're still I just pierced. put a thing in it the other day as a joke. <laughs> what was? That? Oh yeah, it was your earring. <laughs> Did you have like a rebellious phase? So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you can tell me so, your other songs that you listen to. Okay, when Mindy first met me, this is junior year, I walk okay. into her house. Well, her parents, sorry, her parents and grandparents met me. I walk into her house. I'm wearing like FUBU baggy because I wore a lot of baggy clothes. Okay. I thought I was like this like thug, whatever. And I had a huge um, tramp, trampoline burn on my forehead because I was break, I, I'm a break dancer. Okay. I used to be. So I had a burn from, I was practicing like head, these head You're a retired break things. dancer. Yeah. And so and I had my earrings in. I had bleached blonde hair. And they're just like, who is this clown? You know, like this guy. And to this day, they always tease me. They're like, yeah. I can't believe you're the same dude. But, you know, that's it brings up one thing because, like, I was still me. Like, I still yeah. was a nerd. Like, I was in advanced calculus. I went to the University of Utah while I was in high school to take math because they ran out of math at high school. And so I would do that, like, half the day. Then my go break dance. Year, and then I go break dance. And then when she, Minnie's like, hey, let's, I'm going to slough seminary. Let's go somewhere. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't miss chemistry. She's like, what? 
I can't miss this class. I got to stay. You know, I got to get my AP cut. She's like, what the heck? So there was like this weird yeah. disconnect. Like I looked outward like I was somebody else that I yeah. wasn't. You had priorities. Yeah. Calculus, chemistry, yeah. breakdancing. But everyone thought I was something else I wasn't. And I, you know, and I, I actually kind of owned that. I was like, well, hey, that's like, I want to prove you wrong. Like, yeah. you know, I think I've done that same thing even in my practice. It's like, you think I'm one thing, yeah. but I'm going to prove you to my, I'm going to prove who I am. When and you, you just watch. When you had like the ear piercings, like, and you looked rebellious. Were you rebellious at all, though? Like, no, did you I didn't drink, even. I didn't pot? drink. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke pot. Um, one time though, I admitted this after my ACL surgery recently. I admitted to Mindy and the anesthesiologist or my friend anesthetist that I went to a party my high school year or senior year, and there was a big bowl of lemonade. I was breakdancing. I took some lemonade. I'm like, that tastes good. And I found out it was spiked, so I drank more. And I told them all this while you're like coming yeah. out of anesthesia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love I'm it. Like, and I. So that was your one time, yeah. your one time that you rebelled a little bit too yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. A little too hard on I mean, the lemonade. All my fr- but like, you know, my friends, like they, they drank, they smoked. I just, it wasn't what I yeah. wanted for myself, but I don't judge them. Like I hung out with them, you know? So maybe it was like guilty by association. Everyone's like, oh yeah, he's up in his room smoking pot. There was a rumor in high school that I would go in my room at 420 every day and smoke weed because my room was hot. And I'm like, no, have you seen my house? It faces south and like, it's literally <laughs> hot. It's like a greenhouse in my freaking bedroom wait that's funny that's funny okay well i'm glad we got that out of the out of the (laughs) way because i was always wondering with this earring like whoa oh yeah rebel okay so drake yeah so drake um taylor swift taylor swift and uh oh this is this is random well i have like this list that i put together it's my or list because we listen to this oh you listen to music literally like 12 hours a day um and then the weekend there's a lot of the weekend yeah, we went to the weekend playlist. in Paris. That was awesome. Ooh. Yeah. That would it be really amazing. cool. It was amazing. That was a cool concert. That would be really that cool. That was awesome. Any, I think any concert out of the country would be just like a cool experience. Oh, it was wild. Like they knew, like everyone in Paris knew all the words. Yeah. I'm and like, it's they know, English. I don't even know these words. Yeah. Yeah. And they were singing it and they were so into it. It was, it was a really cool experience. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, Dr. Chitty, Jerry Chittister, thank you so much for coming on Weekly Trash. This was so thank much you. fun. And the minute these cameras come off, my shirt's coming off, and you're going to give me a full, full look at what you think we need to do here. We brought and, our um, camera too. So, this, yeah, yeah, we're some before and afters. No, me having you on the podcast was mostly a way to like smooge myself into that wait list somehow. You know, we'll work on it. But seriously, thank you so much for coming. Everyone is going to be so excited to hear this. So, well, thank you thank so much. You. I had a good time. Thank you. Anytime, literally anytime. Have a good week, you guys. And don't forget to take out your trash. Bye.